Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, you're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. You can find us on the web at foreplayrst.com and please send us more questions. We're also on Twitter and Facebook, so please look us up and follow us there. We would just love for you to send us anything that you are thinking about us and what we should talk about and our, you know, any kind of feedback that you have for this show. We're wide open at this point to suggestions and just appreciate you so much for listening. We've had so far some really good comments and we're glad you're here with us today. Adam, take it away. And today we are, we are talking about an issue that a listener sent in. And as we say, like we are wanting to help couples keep it hot yeah, uh, is the key word. <laughs> that's there. our that's our thing. And so we are looking at he's is dealing with an issue that I think is pretty common for a lot of people. Okay, and I think that's what makes it a great conversation today. So let me just read it to you, and you can tell us where we're gonna where we're gonna oh, go with please. this. Oh, please, and thank you, listeners, so much for writing in. We appreciate that. He wants to know about being satisfied with an imperfect sex life. And he says, "I think that my wife is." really trying to go from being basically sexless thanks to birth control to being more into sex, but still lacking in libido thanks to breastfeeding. And he mentions that the podcast is being really helpful, but he says that he thinks he could stand to learn how to be satisfied with how their relationship is changing and improving. Okay. And so I think that that is Lori, something that I hear a lot in couples is when they either have different libidos or they have different desires in sex. Right. How can they yeah. still be satisfied? How can they keep still keep it hot when their desires are different? In sure. And I would say, you know, nearly the number one problem in couples is the desire discrepancy. Mm. One person wants more and one person wants better, yeah. maybe sex, than the other person is willing to do or have and the other person seems to want less of it and has low libido. Hmm. Yeah, so in that, what do you feel like are the issues there to start off with? Like what are the 
what are the complications that come when couples? Um, I mean, I think it's some, some of it can be very, um, may sound very obvious what the complications may be, but maybe there are some that don't readily present themselves when you think about having a partner that has a different sex, um, sex drive than you do. I think that in this couple, there are some things that pop out for me in Mm. terms of things I would be addressing if they were in my room. And maybe for me, it seems obvious, but maybe not to the rest of people. And maybe not when you're, you know, in the forest, right? I'm looking at the trees from a bird's eye view, hopefully, and to be helpful. But when you're in it, it just, you know, it's kind of dreadful. If if you want sex a lot more than your partner does, I mean, that, that's just like, it feels like such a, such a difficult problem and a no go problem. Well, I think it, yeah, that no go, like a timeless problem. Like it's always going to be this way. And it, uh, yeah. And some, that's something (laughs) broke in the relationship. Um, and I think it feels like in some ways, like your relationship is ending Yeah, or that, that there's no, or that there's, that's the only solution is to end the relationship because this is something that either is or isn't. Yeah. And I, I don't think of it that way as a sex therapist, certainly. I think that desire is a shared quantity between a couple, mm-hmm. that there are things that impact it, that are seasonal, you know, that many people work it out and move through this. Sometimes, yes, it means, you know, a discrepancy that cannot be resolved and, you know, the relationship does end. But I would say 90% of the time, there's a way through. And that's yeah. the good news. Yeah. There's a way through this. And I think that couples that I've seen really discount the season of of life that they're in. Like this couple seems like they are in the midst of childbearing or beginning to have kids. um, And that 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 is a stressful season of life. It is so stressful. And I think that that that's one of the things that really affects desire. As I I live through it. Tell us all about it. That's right. I'm not talking about myself here just get on the couch over there (laughs) adam didn't ride in uh yeah i have a friend (laughs) did your wife just have a baby adam she did just have a baby my friend it is our it is yeah did did just have a baby okay so listener adam is right there with you he knows these stresses but yeah i mean this is um but i think i've heard couples and we did too like we have to discounted how much the stress of life of the season that we're in, whether it's babies or whether it's, you know, getting your kids going through adolescence with your kids or whether it's life transitions, losing jobs, um, selling homes, renovating homes, like all of these things that are just normal that do affect desire, I would say. Would you agree with that, that that, that those seasons are, that they're just one of the many things that are affecting, but they we don't want to discount Sure, those. sure. I think that the season of life is impactful. I think that the relationship dynamics is another huge impact mm. on desire. You know, and I think then there's physiology as well. Yeah. Uh, certainly in this couple, it's male, female. Mm-hmm. So a woman by and large does have lower testosterone, which is what funds physiological desire. I mean, so yeah. many male males come in and say, but I want her to want it. And it's like, okay, truly women come to the bed more willing and men come to the bed more wanting. Uh, and, and women, I mean, their desire often comes in secondary to arousal. So mm-hmm. once they're in it 
and they're doing it. They're like, oh, I'm really, I'm really glad I'm doing this. This feels so good. I do want this. I do have desire. And I, I realize that's kind of a flat start if yeah. you're coming to the bed, you know, hot. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, it, just having a partner who isn't hot. And I know that that's, that's hard. And I think yeah. one of the things, didn't he say something about how do I be satisfied yeah. with something that's not a high, high? Yeah. <clears throat> Wanting to be satisfied with Side where effects. their relationship with is. And I would just say that that for him to come into his relationship with that attitude, first of all, I think that's a great place to start mm-hmm. of that. He is recognizing because a lot of people don't. He's recognizing that there are things that are going on with his wife that are affecting her desire. And he yes. he's not denying yes. his desire to be satisfied with their right. sex he's life. He's not turning it off. He's not turning it off. Which is a, a solution people do take. And yep. it's a bad solution. Uh, to, to withdraw. like So he's yeah. not withdrawing, which... And it doesn't sound like he's pouting and angry. He's, yeah. he's really trying to find his way through this. Yeah, and I think that that intention is key, uh, is one of the keys to start there because he's wanting for it to be satisfying to his wife and to be satisfied to him. Yes. And he's recognizing that she is not intentionally withholding from him. I think that's... He's not assuming anything bad about mm -hmm. her intention. Yeah, it doesn't sound that way. And, And and you know, I think that for all of us, when we're in a conflict, that's so human, isn't it? It's so tempting to to see our partner as the enemy. Oh, my goodness, yes. As the one against us. Yes. They're the devil. Right, and not to think about that... Okay, maybe it isn't polarized. Maybe you have a whole other world going on over there mm. that I could understand, and that could help mend it. Yeah, absolutely. And I often have um, couples when they're in that tug of war to I often stop them and say, "Okay, I want you to look at your partner's head. Or, do you see any horns? Yeah. Right? <laughs> look, look at their butt. Do you see any tails growing out of there? Yeah. Like, if, if you do not, then your your spouse is not the devil, yeah. right? That's and right. so, like, we have to get out of that of thinking that." When our partner has lower desire than we are, they are not broken. They are not um, intentionally withholding. They're not trying to hurt mm-hmm. us. But if we get into that space, it becomes a lot harder for us to find a solution until we can say, they want good things for me. They want our sex life to be good. I want our sex life to be good. This is a problem that we can kind of figure out and kind of get through. Right. And I mean, okay, let's talk about this couple specifically. She's. Mm-hmm been pregnant she's nursing and there is a hormone called prolactin which is the nursing hormone that produces milk but it also lowers desire Mm. and it makes the vaginal tissue thinner and drier Mm. so sex when she has it she's not going to be as lubricated it could be painful i mean this couple definitely when they do have intercourse is going to need to use lubrication and she may not be vocal about that so many women you know they hurt a little bit with sexual intercourse and they just go eh you know, yeah. whatever. I, just, let's get it over with. Let's just do it. They don't talk about it because they know it's going to be a downer. Whereas there's a fix. Yeah. You know, there's a fix. Use good lubrication. Talk to your doctor about vaginal estrogen because it's not systemic. It won't hurt the breast milk. It won't hurt the woman. It's something that can restore vaginal tissue when she's nursing. You know, so there is a fix. Yeah. And, and again, you know, we talk about this all the time, Adam. Couples need to talk to each other let about know, what they're going through and what yeah. they're feeling. And let each other know what's happening with them emotionally <laughs> and let them let each other know what's happening with them physically. Yeah. And like you're saying, so that they can look at 
really simple solutions. Um, mm-hmm. The simple solutions may be the easiest. It may be that just using lubrication really helps things a lot. Right. In this and my situation. favorite, coconut oil, just yeah. for the record. Uh, we'll, we'll go through that again. That's good, right. I'm writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> coconut oil. Coconut oil. That's oh, a good one. You know, it, it really is a, a great emollient against pain um, because so many women have pain problems. And so I highly suggest that one. It's natural. It doesn't trap bacteria. You can use it. You can switch from intercourse to oral sex. You know, it's it's very versatile. It smells good. It smells like the beach. Ah, I yeah. love that. It smells uh, the, like the beach when the we're beach all relaxed sexy. and hot and sexy. Anyway, you know, so it's a good one. Yeah, and I think you mentioned another thing too that's important of of really making sure you check in with your doctor um, because yes. there is like changes in desire can be very um, physical. physical, and there could be really simple solutions. And a lot of times, like we've been talking about, we imagine that there's all this stuff going on. When sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. It could be something that you just, that's easily fixable by talking yeah. to your doctor about it. Yeah. And I would say, you know, this is the typical, right? This is the woman who yeah. has lowered desire. Yeah. And, you know, that's the cultural joke, you know, that she loses it. But you and I know that men as well, yep, they absolutely. lose desire. And certainly if there's a sudden drop in desire or maybe, you know, your partner says to you over the, you know, the last couple of years, you don't seem to be approaching me as much. What's going on? And as a man, you think about it and you're like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't seem to be thinking about sex as much. Go to your doctor. Yeah. I, when a guy calls me and says, I have low libido, I don't let him come in without paperwork from his physician mm-hmm. with his testosterone test. Yeah. You know, and it has to be both serum testosterone, which is in your blood, and free testosterone, which is what's bioavailable and unbound mm. that creates desire. So I want both values. You know, run, don't walk to your urologist, get that done. I think one of the things that in that, that us as men have to get over is, and this is what I would want to say is that it is common. I right now in the, the ratio of couples that come in where one of the partners has less desire than the other, I would say that right now it leans more toward the men have less desire than the women. And yeah, I think this that, is uh, a new it, cultural phenomenon, right? It's been yeah. all over Huffington Post and Slate and, you know, about, you know, our, our marriage is going to be sexless, mm-hmm. but primarily now because the man seems to be sexless. Like you said, 90% of the time we can do something about it. And so what we do have to talk about it, not with our spouses, going and being okay with talking about it with your doctor, telling him what's going on, and then, you know, coming to see qualified sex therapist there like you yourself go. and couples therapists right. like yourself what there was it was breastfeeding that he said what was the other issue he brought up specifically um, the other issue was just thanks to birth control birth okay control birth was control you know what her sex drive. there is a, a big problem with birth control that goes unrecognized in mm. my opinion by the medical community i mean so many women come in and they're like you know i think he's attractive i you know really love him mm. And we used to have really hot sex, and then, of course, then we got married, and I got on birth control because I wanted to have sex in a way that, mm. you know, was easy and safe. We didn't want children yet. You know, but I don't have any libido. Mm. And, you know, there's just a certain feel for me about a woman who says that, that when you strip away all the stuff, it does often come down to her birth control, which has estrogen in it normally. Estrogen binds with testosterone which lowers her, which is already low, her testosterone even further. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't have the impetus from the body 
to start sex. I mean, she may still have receptive desire, which he starts it, she gets aroused, she likes it. But I think if you're a male and your partner never initiates and, you know, you, you have a need to, you know, be found attractive and mm-hmm. you want a partner who comes to the bed sometimes hot, it's like um, that can be really discouraging. So I, I would say go back to your physician and say, you know, if you don't want children right now, right now and you're on birth control, what about an IUD? Mm. You know, which has a, a limited systemic effect, doesn't seem to impact desire really at all, or or bother that. So that might be one alternative. Mm. Um, yeah. So just changing contraceptive. Like yeah. Sometimes, looking, sometimes that is the answer. Yeah. I w- I would add too, just for if that make sure that people know, and I think there's there's some good information out there about that. But it, any medication that you're on. You need to be talking to your doctor about that if you're if you're experiencing this is making sure that the medication that you're that you're taking isn't one that is lowering lowering your sex drive. Right. Um, right. And that's and that's a conversation do. you can have. And blood pressure meds, of course, yeah. rack erections, right? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. almost every blood pressure med, even the better ones, there are better ones, but mm-hmm. they're going to change the hydraulics. Yeah. You know, so so definitely they're lowering b- blood pressure everywhere, and you need blood pressure to have an erection. And so, so, so many men in their 40s, once they have that tiny pot belly, yeah. their blood pressure goes up with all the stress and all that. And they're like, gosh, my erections are not what they used to be. So that's that's another problem, yeah. you know, definitely. Absolutely. So the physical, that's the that's one that, that's super, not easy all the time, but you can at least explore that. What about just for them, the... There was one other thing that you said, the emotional component uh, that's right, going on there. exactly. Okay, so, you know, they're right in the heart of an early marriage, which is when we're working out issues between each other of how close are we going to be and how much autonomy are we going to have. Mm-hmm. And this is the pursuer-distancer kind of struggle. Yeah. You know, one person often wants more closeness and connection and sex, and the other person seems to be more preoccupied, whether it's with the children or with their career, or their own autonomous hobbies. They seem to be going away from the relationship. They get energy outside of the relationship, whereas one person needs it in. Mm -hmm. Heterosexual, there's often a little split on sex. She often wants more connection, home, hearth, feelings, talk. Mm -hmm. He's like all about the career, but he really wants closeness and love in bed. Mm -hmm. And she's not interested, for whatever reason, in that sphere to have the closeness there. And so this is how they split it up. He yeah. often feels the need for that to be vibrant. And it's maybe the emotional piece is not as vibrant for him. He doesn't need that as much. He doesn't need that to have sex. Yeah. And so, but she does. Yeah. And so they, they get in a big tussle about that. And it's right about, you know, really honestly, from about year two to year seven is a super difficult time in marriage. Yeah, so they're they're that's really being negotiated between the two of them. It is in a way, and sex can be caught right there. Yeah, and the hot sex that we want couples to be having can die because it's squashed in this power struggle. Mm. I, I would also say, just developmentally, there's some natural things going on for them. She probably is preoccupied with baby. Yeah, and what I tell my sons is, you know, first two years, think of yourself as arms around the baby mother couple because you need your baby to bond really well with mother and mother is preoccupied that doesn't mean that sex has to stop i I, 
I'm committed to a full sexual life for couples all the way through. But there probably is a slowdown right then. And, you know, fathers can feel left out, but in some ways they need to support. Fathers come more into play in terms of calling the child out mm. into the bigger world about age two and a half, three at those years. But I would say, you know, we don't want fathers to wait three years to have sex, right? Right. I mean, but six weeks sometimes is a little short, too, for mother's body to be recouped from the delivery and for her to just, you know, have had a night's sleep. Yeah. There's patience needed. There is. Especially at that time. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I think there can be workarounds, too. One thing is the woman usually doesn't have a night's sleep. And if you do not have enough sleep, you're absolutely psychotic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, three nights without sleep and you are crazy. And sex can be the furthest thing from your mind if you're a woman nursing without sleep. So I get it. I get she's exhausted. And he may get it too. But does that make it easier? Because his body is telling him, yeah, I I still need it. Yeah. I still need it. And what am I going to do about that? I mean, it could be, okay, how about you know, enough holding and cuddling. Mm. And he says, you know, but I'm horny as heck. And how about you hold me while I masturbate? You yeah. know, while I jerk off. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to be used to vernacular, yeah. but I, I mean, you know, yeah, no. I mean, at least he's feeling loved and connected. And I, I do get a lot of resistance from couples about this because they feel masturbation is such a solo act, yeah. but this is not masturbation. This is, this is a workaround. Yeah. You know, this is, I think that when couples are making love, you know, whose hands are touching what part is, it's all relative. Yeah. You know, it's one beast. Yeah. And so it isn't even considered in my mind masturbation anymore. It's like, yeah. okay, his hands are touching his parts for a while. That's that's still lovemaking. If she can lovingly say, I am exhausted, I don't have it in me, but let me hold you, yeah. you know, and whisper something in your ear, yeah. you know, about how I love you, how sexy yeah. you are, how attractive you are. You know how I wish I could be with you and go for it, baby, go for it. You know, I mean, it's like that kind of sexy talk might be something she could muster up, you know, while his hands are touching him. And at least he feels satisfied and connected instead of maybe what he feels like is a lonely alternative of the shower or porn and masturbation or whatever. Yeah, there's a mutuality there um, that I think is really important. And maybe we can come back after the break and really talk about this idea that I'm interested in hearing your thoughts about is the idea that researchers have found of about common motivation in marriage. And you touched on it a little bit earlier that that can seem a little flat, but when you you each have the desire to work out this problem right. um, okay. and to, to figure it out, how then those things like masturbation can be a mutual experience or there's other workarounds that you can explore yeah. um, that still gives you a satisfying sex life as you're being patient to kind of work through these times of life where desire may be lower. Yeah. Okay. And you know, Hey, it, it can be a season and sex can come back and it can yeah. still be hot and we want to help you get there. Absolutely. So we'll be right back. This is foreplay radio sex therapy with sex therapist, Lori Watson and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. We'll be right back. Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. 
Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido, from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them, it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy improve your sex and improve your relationship with awakening center for couples and intimacy find out more at awakenloveandsex.com and sign up for their next couples retreat weekend hosted by Lori watson awakenloveandsex.com awaken what's possible So welcome back to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. As a reminder, you can find us at foreplayrst.com. And we are handling a email we got from a listener about the idea of being satisfied when your partner has lower desire than you do. And I think we've addressed some really good things about checking in with your doctor, making sure it's not, it's not physical, especially when you're taking birth control or you are on different types of meds or if there's something going on in that in that department and or like this woman breastfeeding breastfeeding yeah make sure that it's not painful sex that's right and now looking at some things that we can do when as your relationship is improving and moving past some really difficult times difficult seasons of being satisfied when the sex is not everything that you want it to be right, right? and we're here to help you we want couples to keep it hot that's right that's our tagline so, you know, we're, we're all about that. Um, but we also recognize that there are seasons that that's not going to be that way. Yeah. And I think what this guy is saying, how do I survive those seasons? How do I get satisfied mm-hmm. with some of the foothills when sex is not the peak? Yeah. And I, right. I think our, first of all, I think our culture says that really healthy sex is, it's always peak to peak. Oh yeah. Every sexual no, experience should be hot. There's no there's no valleys and you're supposed to be valleys in your sex life, right? Yeah. And I mean I, I had a patient, he'd been married twenty two years and he said, you know, basically he knows that everybody has maintenance sex. Um, but he said every once in a while and his wife was there, very cute, and he said, You know, I just ask her for long sex. Yeah. And and he said <laughs> she knew she knows what I mean and it's basically a two hour session. Yeah. And they go at it and they do wild and crazy stuff. And, you know, he says, I, I find that that helps me. It keeps me going yeah. for days. I yeah. feel satisfied by that in a deep, deep way, kind of knowing that my sex life isn't just maintenance sex. I'm not just getting no. the kids to school and doing, you know, going to work, but I have this really vibrant, exciting part of my life. So. Yeah. Well, long I, mean, sex. I think that uh, long sex, man, I think that that there is a, goodness with recognizing um that gentleman's wisdom Mm -hmm. that there are going to be times where one or both of your desires are low um and that's that's normal that that happens that you're that it's not peak to peak that there are going to be some valleys and so i i am fascinated about this idea of common motivation Lori, and i want to hear what you think about it okay this idea that we can that there are times where we have to approach our partner where we may, our desire may not be high, but we're, we're not doing things that we're uncomfortable with, or we're not doing it just to do it. Mm-hmm. But we're, there's a mutuality there that we're saying, my partner's needs are important. 
I know that my desire is low right now, Mm -hmm. but we're going to engage in sex anyway to begin to hopefully increase that desire, but also to, to satisfy my partner that this is a mutual problem that we're trying to solve, that it's not just my problem because my desire is low that I have to solve. It's not my partner's problem because they're bad because they want sex. Yeah. You know, which I think men are often feeling that they are bad, right? They, they have the beast inside and and often the accusation it's so ugly I think that is flung is you just want sex all you well, think about is sex all you don't you want, want me is sex. you don't want me yeah. you don't care about me you don't care about my needs all you want is sex if I gave you sex you know then you'd be happy and it'd be oh my god I'm just that argument is so prevalent and I mm. imagine as a male so disheartening oh yeah it's hard and to I, hear that message in society that that's that men are bad because they desire sex, especially in a partner, in a partner relationship. And that does get thrown around or that when, when seasons come like a baby or other things that are stressful, that men should not want sex during those times, Right, you know, that they, that they're being insensitive. Yeah. Yeah. And those base carnal needs. (laughs) That's, that's right. That they should just power through and that their desire that we shouldn't recognize that the desire is still there. Um, and, and I think that that's really, that's really difficult. That's really damaging. It is. I agree. So damaging. And that doesn't mean he shouldn't be respectful of his wife, which I hear this listener is being very respectful of his wife. Sounds like anyway, the respect should be there for her needs as well, but not denying that we may have just had a baby, but my, my need to have sex is still there. Respect that there are very different things going on. Yes. And finding a solution for those differences Mm -hmm. so that one person doesn't feel drowned, mm-hmm. but the other person doesn't feel starved. Yes. You know, I mean, this is a, a problematic thing in marriage that happens in different seasons. I mean, ah, gosh. I mean, this is kind of the bedrock of my practice, I would say, mm. trying to resolve this one. I, I think, too, it's the way men and women are pitted against each other that I find so painful. Mm. I, I would say, as a woman... You know, I've had solid libido my whole life, and I'm so grateful for that. And I know that that is not rare. And I, you know, credit my mother and my upbringing, and mm. you know, and probably my chemistry and all kinds of things. You know, but also I, I understand, and I think I resonate with this guy who mm. says, you know, but I, you know, I really want it, and you know, I feel anxious about the idea of if I give up that dream, or this is what I'm imagining him thinking, if I give up that dream of having hot sex, you know, is that all I've got to look forward in, to in life? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that would be disheartening. And yeah. Well, it would make you, it, it could make him possibly withdraw yeah. from his wife, not just physically, but emotionally mm-hmm. as well. And I think that's one of the things that um, we have to do to be able to be satisfied with an imperfect sex life sure. that we, and in, be satisfied through those seasons that we don't withdraw, that we continue to talk about it and continue to um, talk to our partner about how to get through that. And I, I think this, you know, I have, I write um, Married and Still Doing It on Psychology Today. Please read my blog. I'd love yeah. for you to read it. I'm also a WebMD blogger. But I would say that one of the criticisms I get is from the poly community. You know, mm. we'll just give it up, give up this commitment and just, you know, Mm. love more people and you'll have great sex. And I think I understand the fantasy. First of all, I would question, 
do they all have great sex every time, just like they say? Yeah. And, you know, sex with multiple people and relationships, love relationships with multiple people has multiple problems. Hello. (laughs) I see these people. You know, I mean, the the fantasy of this is a way to solve problems. Maybe it is a way to solve the desire for sexual variety. But I, I think there's something really intrinsically human about wanting to be the unique in somebody else's eyes about wanting to be really special absolutely and have be invested in with love and sexual desire from one person you know that's my take i know there's a lot out there that will argue with me and we're going to get a another mailbag of listeners who you know argue with us about it but maybe the people listening to us uh, are the people who want somehow or another to keep it hot with their own committed partner yeah and 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 I think that that what you mentioned before is earlier plays into effect there. Going going elsewhere, you're saying that you this is an unsolvable problem. That right. this is a this is a problem that is that we're not going to be able to figure out together. And I think if a couple can move into the idea that the partner with the higher desire is going to be patient with the partner uh, that has lower desire and the partner with lower desire is going to still move into sexual experiences, even Mm -hmm. though the desire may be low, but doing it because he or she cares about their partner. And this is a mutual problem that they're trying to solve. Right. Love is a good motive. Yes, absolutely. Maybe desire is different, but love is a fine motive to want to solve this problem you, you we're married or we're committed and mm. that includes for for most of us that includes a, a promise or an idea of fidelity and monogamy and so how do we solve this problem i would say the high desire partner what i hear is i feel trapped i feel uh, hogtied yeah. you hold all the power because you get to say when and where and if mm. And I never get to say that. I mean, I, I don't ever get it as much as I want it. You always only get it as much as you want it because you're the stopper. Yeah, when they experience that, the high desire partner experiences rejection. If they try to initiate sex um, with a lower desire partner, they're going to feel a lot of rejection, which is going to lead to not talking about it in higher withdrawal. Um, right. So that can be really difficult as well. That's right. And I think that first, what you said about there could be a mutuality, an expectation that we can keep working at it and find our way through. And and I will say, because, you know, as a sex therapist, we do find our way through these problems mm-hmm. so often with couples where it's not just one person having sex less often than they want and the other person having sex more often than they want. Uh, or, yeah, is that, did I say it right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I think compromise is is not the same as deeply understanding and resolving the problem. Yeah. You know, just averaging, okay, you want it this much, I want it this much, let's come here. Right in the middle. You yeah. know, right in the middle. That That's a soulless solution that basically makes everybody unhappy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but this guy said, you know, how, how do I, my problem is how do I get satisfied with it, you know, being so-so, at least for some period of time or some of the time. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I would say everybody has sexual problems and that's not something that we all talk about and it all looks like everybody else is having great sex out there. They're not. Mm-hmm. They have sexual problems too. So we got to compare apples to apples. If we compare apples to the media, 
and you know our apples to the media and say, well, you know what I've got is nothing like Desperate Housewives, and yeah. look at how hot those women are, and look at how much they want it all the time, and they're scheming to get it and stuff. It's like, I mean, it's just not true. I mean, mm. people are struggling with this everywhere. You're not alone, and so don't compare what your life is like with some glorified version or what your buddy says he's got. Because, you know, we don't know if he's really got that or not. Yeah. So that that's really looking at not thinking that your relationship is over or done with because you're having, mm-hmm. you're, having you're having sexual problems. And I would imagine that that requires that you also make sure that, that when you're having these issues, if you're seeing it as a problem that you're mutually working on, seeing it as a common problem, that you don't withdraw from emotional intimacy with your um, partner as well. Mm-hmm. I think that that doubling down on that emotional intimacy is, uh, is important in these instances as well, that that is still solid because that's, what's going to keep you working on the sexual problems right? and keep you right. moving forward on that and not feel like this is the end of the world or not feeling like this is your whole, the whole part of your relationship. Yeah. So, and I, I think that to me, you, you can't have great mountain high peak sex without having regular sex, mm. you know, without having sex in the foothills. Yeah. You know, I've, you, you got to have a continuous sexual relationship. And maybe there's a season that you go, okay, you know, this is what I got to negotiate for that. Let's, let's have it regular. Let's have regular orgasms. Mm. Um, especially if it's a woman and she says, okay, <clears throat> you know, let's have, you know, a series of quickies here. If that's really what she's up for, that's good. I can't go on for too long though. I would say she's really got to have her own orgasms, you know, encourage her to, to, I would give a woman in this stage, how about a her only night? Even if you Mm. wanted sex yourself, just say, you know what, lay back, let me do you. And it's all about you. You don't have to reciprocate. You get to lie still. You get to lie there and do whatever, you know, think whatever you want, do whatever you want. Just let me do you because orgasms, thank God, feed desire in women. Yeah. You know, got to get her back on the horse, so to speak. Yeah. You know, got to get her body moving again with an orgasm. I would encourage her, you know, use your vibrator. You know, you know. I would also say for this young couple, if she's at a point where she cannot breastfeed for a night or she's pumped enough, she has milk stored in the freezer and mom is nearby and they can watch the baby for the night, go away to the hotel yeah. and send your wife at four o'clock for a long nap. Yeah. That's my favorite intervention. Send her ahead of time so she sleeps, sleeps. Rested. Rested. You know, then go have drinks and appetizers downstairs, go up to the hotel, have wild sex, and have her sleep all night. I mean, mm. just one night of sleep for a breastfeeding mother is so oh, important. Even if she things. has to wake up and pump. Yeah. I mean, then she can go right back to sleep. And as long as the baby's cared for, and maybe he goes back home. So she knows daddy's there. The baby will be comforted. You know, he can give the baby the bottle. I mean, just getting her one night of sleep. Gosh, my husband and I had a great deal. You know, he worked at that time and I was home with the children. I only worked part time. And so our deal was I knew he needed sleep. I got that. And so during the weeknights, you know, Mm. I got up with the baby and did all the stuff. But on the weekends, he was up. He was up. Yep. And he would go get the baby when. He was crying, bring the baby to me, which I could nurse literally lying down on on my side. He would take the baby away when the baby was done, diaper the baby, rock and soothe the baby back. And, you know, even if I couldn't go back to sleep right away, it was just, I could lay prone. 
You weren't, you know, you weren't having mean, to be aware of what was happening. Yeah, I didn't have time. to. And it, it was such a great compromise for mm-hmm. us yeah. uh, that worked that gave me some rest. And I would mm-hmm. say rest is a big one. And many young women, what I would say to them is you don't prioritize rest. You yeah. prioritize the freaking laundry. Yeah. You know, who cares? The laundry is going to be there tomorrow. Go to sleep. Yeah, take it's an 10 advantage. 10 o'clock, go to sleep. Yeah. You know, when you can, instead of trying to get everything done and have a perfect house, a perfect life, a perfect work life, a perfect sex life, you can't do it all. And usually the sex life is what suffers, even yeah. if she has libido. And yeah. sometimes it's just masked by her tiredness and mm. stuff like that. But sometimes she masks her pleasure, her need for pleasure by her to-do list. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a big one because life in some ways still has to happen, but life doesn't have to happen exactly like it did before the baby was there. And I think one of the things too that you hinted at that wanted to emphasize was when a couple is getting away, when they are kind of re- trying to have re-engaging sex, is particularly after a baby, that they have to figure out that what worked before may not work now, yeah. right? And so they may there may be some when you're talking about a her only night that that could be a way to of discovery of rediscovering what works what maybe doesn't work body. in this new body body's changing like what for guys sometimes i don't think we fully understand what a woman goes through um, oh, when so she when she gives birth up. Yeah, yeah i mean it's it, there's it's traumatizing in some ways and like my wife continually tells me there are things that have changed that are mm-hmm. not going to go back to the way that they were beforehand mm-hmm. with all with lots of different parts of her body not um and so like figuring out and rediscovering what feels good what um, works what leads to orgasm in this new body is going to be important and that can be fun that doesn't have to be that doesn't have to be it's work but it doesn't have to be drudgery it can be fun to read to rediscover those things i would say postpartum body i think women turn away from sex so often because they don't feel fit enough beautiful Mm -hmm. enough in the postpartum body that i mean that is a huge it's not libido Mm. it's shame over the imperfect body now the body that has stretch marks from the baby the body whose breasts are not as pert you know the body who has a flabby stomach now i mean Mm. that there is a lot of shame and i i would say there's a lot of fear in men of oh my gosh sometimes my wife's body may never get back or i may not be as attracted and you know, I think women turn away for that reason and men later on turn away for imperfect directions. Mm. Like their own concerns about their body. These are two sex killers that have nothing to do with intrinsic libido yeah. or intrinsic desire. And if we can get them past that, oftentimes the sex life can resolve better. Yeah, I like that. That that sometimes gets confused. It gets mm-hmm. confused as body's changing. Oh, that must mean you don't want me anymore. Yeah, or that must mean that your your drive to have sex is all of a sudden lowered, right? And many times, you know, while children seem to be the linchpin of desire problems, like oh, now we're too busy, the kids came, she's preoccupied, mm. there's so much to do, there's so many bills to pay, blah 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 blah. The sex life often is there were cracks in it before. Mm because of the power struggle, because they didn't know how to talk to each other about erotic things. There are issues that happen that now become, that little crack becomes a cavern between Mm. them. So it's not just the children, it's other things as well. And most of it is resolvable. Yeah. So that would mean for 
this gentleman that's writing in that if that looking before kids were born and seeing if there were any cracks in their relationship and mm-hmm. in their sex life and trying to make repairs to those to those are going to be important as well. Yeah. So you've joined us today on Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. Thank you for joining us, and you can find us on the web at foreplayrst.com. Please write in more questions, and thank you listeners so much for this. We appreciate your feedback. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends, and please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.